Hello. Hello. Yeah, I got a text just as I started recording. <laughs> How are you? I'm okay. Yeah. I was, a, I was having a pretty okay day, and then it got frustrating, and hopefully it gets okay again. It's about to get super okay because you're about to hear a really fun show. <laughs> I'm excited. It's like How's choked that? on air. <laughs> that you were choking on affection. Sorry. <laughs> What's uh? Do you, you want to talk about it? Nah. <laughs> okay. Not, not, not while we're recording. Not okay. where people, people I know may hear. Okay. Super <laughs> fair. Super fair. Sorry, guys, you can't hear this story. <laughs> this is super secret. Best friend <laughs> secret. That's what we do here. Oh man, I uh have have just woken up like 20, 20 30 minutes ago, and let me tell you, I was using the um heatless curls thing. You put on your head and you wrap them around it and you know what I mean? Yeah. It is not meant for girlies with super, super layered hair. <laughs> like these pieces up top were like absolutely fucking not. The pieces down here did okay. The long yeah, bits. Okay. But the, little, the pieces up top were like, mm try again. So next time we'll, we'll see how it goes. Maybe I need to look in the mirror while I'm doing it. I was kind of just sitting in bed going, this will do. <laughs> <laughs> So that if anybody needs my review, that's what it is. And look in anybody, a mirror while you're yeah, doing look, it. Well, that it doesn't seem to work super well for layered hair girlies uh, or, yeah. or or these. Um, but uh, yeah, that would be. I, I will try. I will try with the mirror and let you give you the update. <laughs> I know it's super important to you. <laughs> well, I ended up trying that that TikTok unbrush. Yeah, yeah, and it works so well on elisa's hair it's kind of wild what about your hair it works pretty okay Um, my hair is well my hair is uh more fine now that i've gotten older but it doesn't um pull badly and i Mm -hmm. haven't noticed as much shedding as i was with my other brush gotcha which is nice i saw you know because they have the ulta hair event by the time people are hearing this this will not be happening but i'm gonna let you know that right now the ulta hair event is going on yeah and uh, today, the, uh, oh God, what's her name from Paramore? Harry, Haley Williams? Yeah. Uh, her hair dye is on sale. Ooh, I didn't know part- she had a hair dye. Yeah, it's it's called Good Dye Young, but it's dye like hair dye. That's cute. Yeah. But anyway, I just saw that and I went, I don't need that. I get my hair done. It's my little treat to myself. <laughs> anyway. It's a good it's a good treat to have. It's, it is like a little treat to have. Although I realized the other day I would have a lot more tattoos if I didn't get my hair done because it's expensive so now the decision now yeah now it's like mm, do i stay green or do i start branching out but we're in the process of making my head completely green so i think it's gonna be green for a while yeah until i get a promotion what that's coming up as much as i don't want it but i do because i want money but i also it's scary (laughs) yeah the responsibility i mean i'm dealing with the responsibility now regardless i'm doing that job just not getting paid for it because nobody's in that job yet so like, part of me is just oh. like well i'm doing it so give me the money i have no familiarity with that feeling yeah I'm i definitely sure. wasn't doing three jobs for a while yeah. my one job yeah i mean yeah and now everybody is like why is roya angry all the time yeah well, well. it's almost like corporate america is absolute garbage and with yeah, that, I had a, I had a, <laughs> at a, at a meeting with, um, like supervisor training at work. And I don't think that they were quite ready for me to come in as, uh, open, uh, and... you were pretty candid with them. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a little aggressive, but pretty open <laughs> with yeah, yeah. how, how I feel things are going Yeah, and how I feel things have, have, uh, transpired that have negatively impacted um, long-standing employees at the company. Be aggressive. Be aggressive. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think they were quite ready for it. It was funny because uh, the HR person who was hosting it looked at the clock and she was just like, oh, I didn't plan on spending that much time on that section. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> well, well, lady, welcome to the people who aren't going to take it. We're not going to take it, as Dio once said. Yep. Anyway. Let's uh, let's jump into this, huh? Make yeah. your day, make your day better. Welcome to the strange and unusual, where we discuss the strange and unusual. 
This is episode 170 of our series, Seeking Out the Weird, the Unexplained, and the Devious from Around the World. I'm Casey. And I'm Raya. This week, we will celebrate Halloween early with the results of our our chosen, (laughs) the results chosen by our patrons over at patreon.com slash strange unusual for the October poll and the results, a werewolf story. I'm excited. Snuggle in everybody. It's going to be a good time. (laughs) Uh, so as I mentioned, we are on Patreon.com. Come join us there. It's just $2 a month to join us for our, our sassy squatches, as our, our people are called. We love it. Um, then uh, we're on Facebook, Threads, Instagram, X. To, you know, we'll talk about it at the end, as always. So are you ready to get a hey. little spook? Yeah, let's go. Okay. I feel like it should be darker. It's darker in my room. It's always dark in my room. So wee-woos or awoos. <laughs> um, animal death is really my only big wee-woo this week. That's fair. Um, but not like in the Terrare story where it was like... <laughs> Horrifying. Mal- malicious human death. Yeah. Um, this is namely like comments about circle of life type stuff. Animals getting eaten by animals. Uh, roadkill. Scavengers what eat roadkill. Um, but also very brief and absolutely not descriptive mentions of ritualistic sacrifices um, that are probably oh, not... Boy probably not sacrifices at all spoiler alert but um Shocking. yeah again not really the mean terrible awful evil human doing something to kill an animal Got uh it. uh but i did want to put the warning out there in case people are sensitive to it because i do end up saying the word roadkill several times That's so fair. picture it walworth county wisconsin 1991 i don't know what i'm picturing but i somehow <laughs> got it uh it's a small rural town called Elkhorn. It's about 40 miles southwest of Milwaukee. There's a thoroughfare that cuts through several plots of farmland, and that road is called Bray Road. Oh, I just smacked the shit out of my keyboard. (laughs) (laughs) I just deleted half of my notes. I just had to check and make sure that my my recording was still going. Um, So an author that we'll be referencing a lot throughout this story wrote in her book that Elkhorn was known as the quote Christmas card town because it was an idyllic small town surrounded by cornfields and dairy farms. As for the road itself, all that's interesting says that it dates back to colonial times and was called the King's Highway. Uh, And it was also mentioned in a uh, Seth Breedlove documentary from uh, 2018. Uh, and we'll be talking about that a lot too. Um, but that it was a trail used by uh, the indigenous tribes of the area. There's like Chippewa, Ojibwe, like a bunch of them out there, of course. Uh, but it was used as a trade route for them. So this it dates back to some time and was used <laughs> frequently well before this. Uh, but what Elkhorn and Bray Road are known for aren't science or. Er- <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> let me say that again. But what Elkhorn and Bray Road are known for aren't scenic drives so much as being the home of one of America's most famous werewolves, the Beast of Bray Road. Uh, bum, bum, he, bum. Yeah. He's also known as the Wisconsin Wolf or Wisconsin Werewolf. That's the Man original. The Man Wolf, the Bear Wolf, and the quote Indigenous Dog Man. I thought you were just going to stop with the man, like. <laughs> Something like Johnny Cash. (laughs) (laughs) The man. (laughs) Uh, And this is a beast which, according to Inside Edition, (laughs) hid in cornfields, chased cars, and ate roadkill. Pretty scary stuff, right? Happy Halloween, everybody. He's just a little dog guy just chasing cars. He is just chasing cars, man. And one day he'll catch one. (laughs) So let's start with Linda. Linda Godfrey is, according to her biography on Google Books, an artist, author, and researcher of strange subjects, eccentric people, and unknown creatures. We can relate, Linda. I was about to say, that sounds like a you. Linda sounds like our people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and Elkhorn was her home. So in 1991, the holiday season is in full swing, and she began hearing these stories about people seeing this strange creature on the back roads of this small town. And she was skeptical. She was like, uh-uh, that's not real. This is a joke. Um, so she contacted animal control officer. Um, he's got like the whitest name I've ever heard. It's like John Fredrickson. Um, <laughs> and she asked him if he knew anything about strange creatures in the area. And John Fredrickson pulls out a manila folder, which he has labeled werewolf. 
<laughs> he's just John Fredrickson's just like bet. I've been uh, waiting. Yeah. And just FYI, we've we if you are new here, we do have an episode on the history of werewolves. It's episode fifty, and I tell you all about Gilgamesh and the legend of King uh, Lycian and the North sagas and Saint Patrick. If you need a refresher on any of that, Roya, you might remember that because it was the episode where you talked about the wood. The werewolf of Bedberg, Peter Stump, who was originally a part of my notes, but then you got yeah, confused yeah, about yeah, who yeah. you were actually going to write about. So I had yeah, to cut yeah, out a yeah, whole yeah, section yeah. of my notes. Yeah, 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 yeah just making sure yeah, you remember yeah, that. Yeah, 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 I remember. <laughs> so. <laughs> I can always trust on you to never forget. <laughs> it's like a 9-11 t-shirt. <laughs> it's my 9-11. <laughs> there are, there are a few. <laughs> Casey, like, never forget. <laughs> anyway, so Linda was like, this dude, a, a county official, has a file in his desk with the word werewolf on it. So um, that's clearly a news story, right? <laughs> and she writes up this article in the Walworth County paper called The Week. She writes, quote, the rumors floated around town for two years or so before I heard them. A wolfish looking creature that ran on two legs and had been seen around the Bray Road area, stealing chickens, eating roadkill and scaring the daylights out of locals who sometimes literally ran into it. Although the story seemed like grift for the National Enquirer, uh, they're still consistent enough to be intriguing. A certain number of people, good, honest working folk, had seen something, something unusual something scary, something hairy that relished pavement patty dinners. In her article, she says that Fredrickson's werewolf file had notes of six or seven such sightings. One referred to, yeah, one referred to unusual tracks, another to a hairy pointy-eared creature seen chasing down a deer on two legs. It's a really mean way to talk about somebody's mom. Yeah, I agree. And though... He had put the word werewolf on the folder himself. Godfrey said that the best or the beast in question was probably a coyote or even a wolf. Animals not necessarily common to the area, but there were reports of them being seen in southwest uh, Wisconsin or southeast Wisconsin. So not like super. Not impossible. Yeah. Um, Not like a a gorilla man. Yeah. Or something that would have been like (laughs) something right out of Poe. So she speaks to two people. She calls them Barbara and Pat for anonymity. Uh, it seems what she wrote is, uh, quote, it seems society is less than kind to people who claim they've seen werewolves, which is fair. Fair. <laughs> but she describes Barbara as a 26 year old working mother and Pat as a high school student. Now, since the time that this article was written, these people have come forward and had other interviews. So let's talk about these sightings. Um, one thing I will mention is that some of these sightings are probably not in the right order, as I'm going to tell them. The documentary was kind of bouncing all over the place, and other sources had them in different orders as well. But according to the highly reliable source, Cryptid Wiki, <laughs> quote, the evidence supporting the Beast of Bray Road is far greater than the evidence supporting almost any other werewolf legend. So I'll be the judge of that as we'll a werewolf see. expert. We will see. Dana's listening too. They probably got their their werewolf ears ready. Um, so this one is almost certainly Pat in the in the story, and that's the story of Doris Gibson. And on Halloween 1991, um, Doris reported the first sighting on public record. She was a senior in high school, driving down the road. She felt a bump, like she hit something, and thought she hit an animal. But when she got out, she saw a big creature with red eyes, and it started to chase her and lunge at her car no thing quote here comes this thing and it's just running up at me i've never seen a human run like that and my uncle was a track star <laughs> my uncle was a yeah track star. <laughs> so she got away my later- dad invented toaster strudel that's right my father the invention the inventor of toaster strudel uh yeah she gets away but later that night she saw it again she went and picked up a friend from a party and when she was driving home her friend pointed out the window and screamed like oh look at that thing and this time doris was like i ain't stopping (laughs) she was like let's go uh but when she got home remember how i said that it lunged at her car yeah she got home and she found claw marks on the back of her blue plymouth sundance which linda Linda saw them and she reported on them. 
Gibson, yeah. Gibson later described the creature as a, quote, freak of nature, one of God's mistakes. Damn. <laughs> like, talk to me about, talk talk about me like that. I was like, I'm, I'm using that for people. <laughs> <laughs> one of God's mistakes. <laughs> what's like can you think of a worse thing to hear from somebody man there's not many (laughs) there was another teenager from milwaukee tom brichta who also reported a sighting after doris but it's hard he didn't say what year so i'm not sure if this was a i saw this too after doris's sighting was reported or if it happened sometime after it was not clear the way it was talked about so he claimed to have had two friends with him It was a foggy summer night. He was driving home from a wedding reception. Quote, you could barely see two car lengths ahead of you. When suddenly he smelled a strange foul odor. 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 (laughs) Odor. Smell the strange odor. And what he described was seeing a huge whitish gray and black fur covered creature reaching out to the car. And again, allegedly, there is evidence of scratches on the paint of his car door. Um, Yeah, that definitely couldn't have come from anywhere else. Exactly. (laughs) He didn't he didn't like scrape up against something and ruin his mom's car. He and then blame it on a werewolf. clearly um what a, that's a pretty creative lie though <laughs> that's like that that eddie is her joke of like i was dead at the time <laughs> i was on the moon with steve um one burger king employee came forward anonymously having seen a dog man like creature running down the road in mid-november and this employee said that um they they were like in disbelief at what a fast and powerful runner this thing was um, one of the most discussed stories is that of uh, Lori Andrezi. She's a young single mother. She's probably the Barbara from the story. Um, and she saw the beast while driving home from work. She she worked at like a bar. Um, because I can't get away from cases involving women named Lori. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, but what she noticed was she saw something in a ditch and while she was driving. Uh, and it was kneeling down eating roadkill. It looked up at her. And she fucked right off. Like, Lori's a bitch who will survive a horror movie. <laughs> All that's interesting claimed that this was actually the first of the sightings uh, that took place. And it was in 1989. But it's always discussed with um, Doris's story. So, again, it's kind of like all over the place. Yeah, a little ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they were trying to keep anonymity and stuff. So it kind of makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Uh, so the way she described it was that she saw this massive creature it was its back was turned to her but as she continued along the road she glanced back and caught it from the front she said quote it was kneeling its elbows were up and its claws were facing out so so i knew it had claws i remember the long claws and unlike most animals caught in 4k by incoming headlights this thing didn't run it just turned and stared at her that would be the creepiest reaction. Mm-hmm. Like of any of the react, any of the possible outcomes of seeing something like that, it just stopping and staring at you has to be the scariest. Yeah, just like oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> because like that requires a level of cognition mm-hmm. to like recognize to not just immediately fight or flight. Yep. Of like run away. It's like, can I eat that? It's like stopping to consider. To consider, yeah. If, if, like, if you are food. Can I defeat this vehicle? The answer for me is yes. Just make it quick. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's also the answer for me. <laughs> so Lori was terrified. She drove home and um, then she actually ended up going to the library like the next day or something to try and research what she saw and she was like that was a fucking werewolf period uh quote it was night and it was quite late but i know what i saw you don't mistake something like that to this day i believe it was satanic it was just my feeling i don't believe in werewolves per se but i believe something could be well conjured up so yeah a devil werewolf yeah she if you hear stevie she has the zoomies behind me i think she just pooped sorry Just (laughs) just deal with it Nothing is better than a cat with poop zoomies. (laughs) Uh, She believed that the beast was the work of Satan, if not Satan himself. Um, 
which Satan's got better things to do. I know, right? He's not eating roadkill. That man gets a five-course fucking dinner. Like he's not eating roadkill in Wisconsin. Like Wisconsin has the best roadkill. I don't know. Um, I was, this time at work, this guy came in, right? And he called work hell or whatever. And I was like, yeah, does that make you asmodious? Because this guy has anger issues. And people who work with me, you know who I'm talking about. And he was like, what, like, what's I was like, yeah, he's like the, he's like the demon of wrath or something like that. And then he came in the next time he goes, you were right. Asmodeus is, is wrath. And I was like, yeah, okay. And he goes, and lust, which is also accurate. And I was like, nope, I'm walking out of this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't think that was directed at me, but I don't want to be here anymore. Thank in a way, in a way, you accidentally conjured that yourself. I did. I did. <laughs> you let, I assume, a white man research something. I did. That's me trying to be an educator. <laughs> Get that man away from the podcast. So then Lori reported... Get that microphone away from that man. That's right. Officer, please take that microphone away from that man. Lori then reported this to animal control officer, John Fredrickson. And as they were talking, this is where it gets real spooky, right? They're talking about this werewolf and books on John's shelf just start falling from the shelf, seemingly without cause. To which he said, and that was the end of that conversation. (laughs) That was like super fair, my guy. (laughs) People in Wisconsin have a lot of common sense. We're not going to talk about this anymore. Put my books back. We're done here. Yeah. So again, Linda hears about this. Uh, She's also an illustrator and cartoonist, as I mentioned. So she drew a little picture uh, to run with her article. And within days, people were contacting the paper to report other sightings. People from other towns, other counties. There's a story from January 8th, 1991 with Mr. and Mrs. Robert Bushman. Uh, they spotted Dick Bushman. That makes me laugh. Sorry. <laughs> it's not Dick, though. It's, it's Robert. <laughs> yeah. <it was> like... <laughs> uh, they spotted a, a huge black animal chasing down a deer near Delavan in broad daylight. They described it as too large to be a wolf, but they weren't able to give too much description other than that because of how fast it was running. In September 1991, Scott Bray who lived on Bray Road, um, reported a Any relation? Yeah. No, the, the, the road was named for their family ancestors. Oh, and dang. Then, like, they just keep the farms in the family, so. That's cool. Uh, so, yeah, he uh, said he saw a massive uh, dog or wolf in his fields. It was, like, abnormally massive with a muscular build and long gray, um, gray and black fur. Another local named Russell Guest spotted a creature in the area which walked briefly on hind legs but then dropped to all four and said it looked (laughs) similar to a German shepherd with black or gray hair but reportedly stood around five feet tall. And I read that I was like, man, you saw a bear. I'm just imagining some sort of devil dog just like, burp, 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 mama people. Like like how how regular dogs walk around on their hind legs. Yeah. But a werewolf dog. Yeah. I mean... (laughs) No, but yes. I get what you're saying, but that's not what people are saying. (laughs) So Milwaukee Magazine mentioned uh, additional reports from a woman saying the beast attempted to break into her house and later injured one of her horses. Again, this is a bear. (laughs) Have you seen those videos of bears breaking into places to get the food? Yeah. They're so cute. It's scary. Yeah. It's so cute. It's scary. Like two, two kinds of people. I mean, it would be scary. The videos are cute. Like, as long as, like, no one got hurt or anything, the bear's just being a bear. But, like, yeah. it would be scary to experience that. Um, but she also claimed that it left footprints, which were 12 inches long. That's There's another, bear. yeah. There's another story in the magazine uh, mentioned a young girl reporting it chasing her through the forest. Um, there was a story. This one wasn't in the magazine, but this was just another one that was mentioned. Was that a woman was taking a walk with her kid or kids down the road, and a deer ran out in front of them across the road ahead of them, and was being chased by the beast. So there was a wide demographic of witnesses. Yeah, that's and Lin- sure. Linda decided that they were seeing something. She just wasn't sure what it was. She said in the documentary that when she interviewed these people that were close to the event, she still sensed a fear response in them. Like people were crying and going pale. And in that documentary, she even says at the end that while it's easy to think these people were nuts, like having worked so closely with them, she doesn't feel comfortable joking about it. 
Like it. Well, it and is- it's like, how many people does it take before mm-hmm. it's like unreasonable for it to just be a hoax? Yeah. And then that all of these people are just crazy. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, and John Fredrickson agreed. People are clearly seeing something and are genuinely scared by it, but he doesn't know what it was. Godfrey said, there is a high probability that everyone is not seeing the same thing. There could be a biological, physical animal seen by some, while others see phantoms or supernatural entities from very a variety of sources. A few may be misidentifications of hoaxes. Like, she was totally aware that some of these people hadn't probably not seen the same thing. And she also reasons at one point that if a creature had existed like this and was just potentially something mutated and then reproduced such with, with such a mutation, like, more of them could exist and thus be more easily spotted. Yeah. Um, canids are extremely malleable crossbreeders, so who knows? We've all seen the, the you know, pit bull mixed with a dachshund. Like, it's crazy looking. Yeah. So that said, a lot of these folks had pretty similar descriptions of what they were seeing. A huge beast that could be uh, biped or quadruped, um, generally five to seven feet tall on its hind legs, covered in fur or hair, glowing eyes ranging from red to yellow, legs bent backwards like a dog, um, with clawed humanoid hands. Um, A lot of people said it was like the head of the wolf, but a body of a person, which made me think of like Anubis. Um, but I don't think it was like Anubis. I think it was like the the werewolf that you think of. And although it seemed to, I mean, clearly had aggressive behavior, like leaving long scratch marks on trunks of vehicles, um, it has never, from what I saw in any sighting, been reported to actually have been attacking a human. Well, that's good, at least. Yeah. But a lot of people in town kind of just figured it was a good joke. The local sheriff's department made jokes about getting silver bullets. Now... <laughs> Uh, Linda got news of another sighting, but this one was not so recent. So this guy told her that his dad had seen this thing back in 1936 and had wow. like openly talked about it. And the story went that Mark Shackleman, this guy, he was a groundskeeper at St. Coletta Catholic Care Facility. It was like a school for kids with disabilities and it had opened in 1904. And of course, there were ancient indigenous burial mounds on the property. Of course. I wish you all could see the face I'm making. (laughs) So Shackleman, who was described as a strong and capable former heavyweight boxer in his mid-30s, was going about the grounds on his nightly watch. And he allegedly saw a large canine-like creature on top of one of these burial mounds just digging. But his presence startled the creature and it ran away. Uh, he goes home, he tells his wife about what he saw, and then I had to laugh when I read this line. Uh, quote, describing that its thumbs and little fingers appeared shriveled, notice- notably shorter than the others on its hands. So the guy goes back the next day, and he sees that this mound w- had like rake marks in it, like in the dirt. Sus- suspicious. And that night when he's doing his rounds, he goes around again after the sun goes down, and he sees the creature there again, only this time it turned to face him and it made a sound that was described as a sort of proto-human language. Ew. He described it, he described seeing the creature, quote, covered with dirt or black hair, giving off a bad, bad odor, like long dead meat. Eyes that looked right into me and made a sound. It was a three-syllable growl, low and mean, something like gadara, with the ancient, or with the accent on the second syllable. Which is, for my fellow biblical scholars, a reference to the story of Jesus casting demons out of some guy and letting them possess pigs instead. Mark 5, 1 through, five, uh, through 20, best known for the quote, my name is Legion, for we are many. Uh. Um, though this place is also referred to as like Gerasenius and Gerdarinus and Gadara, like M- Matthew, Mark, and Luke all kind of refer to this, but it's not all reference. It's the same, I think. I'm not a biblical scholar. I was lying before. (laughs) But I lied on my resume. But I did read this. So I do know that 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 like that is where that comes from. Um, And Shackleman goes on to say, then I did the only thing I could do. I prayed to God to save me. And it turned and slowly walked away. For a long time, I stood there. That bad smell hung in the air. And I said another prayer of thankfulness, and I never saw the thing again or even anything like it. And that version of events led to some people to believe that that creature was not a werewolf, but a hellhound. I don't know. 
Anyway, Linda actually later learned of a story that one of the priests who had worked with St. Coletta had exercised a demon and his life was never the same after. No bueno. The demon seemingly attaching itself to the priest. The demon's got her. <laughs> well, I want to do it. I want to do that exorcist quote so bad. You mother sucks cocks in hell. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I love that movie. Uh, which, of course. So those stories exacerbated the stories of a satanic cult in the area having secret meetings in the forest. Um, and there were rumors of mutilated sacrifices found, but police brushed it off as nothing more than a boneyard for livestock that had passed away. Like there's farmers all the fuck over the place. They probably just, here's the, here's the decomp pile. Like, um, but what people were saying was that some of these creatures had the organs removed. And so people assumed Satanists, not scavengers, I guess. I don't know. Do people not know that there are animals that do that? They're animals that go for the good bits, like yeah. There's a lot of animals that do. Yeah, and desperate animals will too. So, so it's the it's soft. It's easy to get to. Um, and it's all oh, opened. Yeah. Sometimes when the police bulldozed, oh yeah, yeah, yes, so. the police bulldozed the um, area with the boneyard uh, before it could be quote properly investigated. Because as you know, the cops love protecting satanic cults. And John Fredrickson said in the documentary that he didn't feel like a cult activity invoking a beast could be discounted. But Linda was the one who gave the name to the creature. She didn't believe it was a werewolf, so she titled the story that she that she wrote The Beast of Bray Road, and it stuck. She wasn't convinced that it was just one creature on the road either, um, especially after the descriptions of the Michigan Dogman. Um, another episode, maybe if you ask Roya very nicely, she'll she'll do a follow up. Who knows? <laughs> um, there's also a lot of discussion around the indigenous lore of wolves and shapeshifters, which of course just made me think of the Beast of Bray Road coming out of a cornfield and running up to me, going, "Bella, where the hell you been, Loca?" <laughs> <laughs> Twilight jokes aside, there are references in the documentary to the Limican from the Mohawk tribe, but I literally could not find a single thing about them online. So they also talked about Navajo skinwalkers. Belinda um, in the documentary says that she reached out to the tribes of the area to learn of any local legends that could explain this. And the only explanation she gives is that they believed it was something from the spirit world. One paranormal investigator, uh, Jay Bachochin, uh, who, by the way, has, <laughs> has an IMDb page <laughs> describing him as a family man a graphic designer, a cinematographer, and film editor, and founder of the Wisconsin Paranormal Investigators. Uh, he started the group in 2007 to investigate and research UFOs and ghosts, but since 2014 has been, quote, on a solo quest searching for the Wisconsin Sasquatch in southeast Wisconsin. A noble call. A noble call. Anyway, he suggests in the documentary, he says this with his full chest, that it's the indigenous presence that is the reason for the high levels of paranormal activity in the area. Ew. There are two things I know about white people. They love Matchbox 20 and they are terrified of curses. And yeah, the doc uh, cites other various Wisconsin legends. They talk about the ghost hunt, uh, hitchhiking on Highway 12, the monster in Lake Winnebago, the Slenderman story that you covered already, um, hair-covered elf-like creatures, and of course, Bigfeet. And Mr. Bachochin also mentioned that Wisconsin has a lot of UFO sightings, which could be important later. Just saying. So anyway, now the story is out, right? So Linda's put out the story, people are reaching out to her, and reporters from local TV stations start showing up in Elkhorn to talk to Linda, to talk to other eyewitnesses, um, and try to find this beast itself, you know, to get on camera. Curiosity seekers were coming to down, coming to town. They were driving up and down this old farm road trying to see the beast. Uh, Jay Bachochin actually claimed to have seen a paw print that was bigger than his hand. And he shows this picture in the documentary. It's this paw print in the snow and he has his hand next to it and it is bigger than his hand. It just looks like a big dog paw print. But, you know, not saying paranormal investigators be like that, but I'm saying paranormal investigators do be like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like I said in the at the top of the episode, Inside Edition showed up and started interviewing people for this. Uh, however, despite including the beast in a Christmas parade float, Elkhorn did not embrace 
the Beast of Bray Road the way that Mount Pleasant or Point Pleasant embraced Mothman. So like there's no Beast of Bray Road festival as far as I'm aware. No giant caked up statue of him. Nah, nah. <clears throat> Once things returned to relative normalcy in the town, like the story ran its course, Linda still felt like she was left with all of this crazy information and the conviction of all these witnesses that she spoke to telling her this was something more significant. So she spent the next few years writing a book, The Beast of Bray Road, Tailing Wisconsin's Werewolf, which was released in 2003, which I had hoped to have and have read before this episode, but I have been let down by Thrift Books and or the U.S. Postal Service. I do not know which one is dropping the ball. But after the book was released, there was a resurgence of sightings, usually as people were driving down Bray Road at night. One witness said that they were driving 55 miles per hour and the beast kept pace for over a mile. That's a fast beast. Yeah. But Linda didn't think that people just stopped seeing this creature over those few years, but that they had most likely just stopped going public with the sightings because they had seen the ridicule that others had faced from the first round of publicity. Yeah. And those stories of seeing this bad boy have slowed considerably. They're still out there. People are still saying that they've seen it. Some of the more recent sightings include one of a farmer named Ricky Sanchez, who said he believes that he had a pack of these creatures frequenting his property nearly 100 miles north of Bray Road, as as recent as 2017. He wow. tells a story of one, like, stalking him as he walked to his car. Like, he said it looked like a cat. It was, like, low to the ground and, like, sneaking up on him, like, slow and quiet. No, thank um, you. <laughs> but as he noticed it and started approaching it, it was like it was like no 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 don't look don't per- do not perceive me <laughs> what a badass let me just walk up on this thing Fuck he had it. a headlamp on so i'm sure that was scary too um on more than one occasion he said that he would see eyes glowing in the dark looking at him with several sightings of that along his property and that his neighbors started seeing things as well another sighting was from lee hamphill and he was a farmer who had gotten land adjacent to Bray Road and was told by his neighbors, hey, the beast of Bray Road lives on your property. Ha ha ha. And he thought it was like some fun farmer hazing. <laughs> like, hey, just a little joke. <laughs> uh, I don't remember what he what he said that triggered what he is about to what I'm about to tell you he does. But he talks about how he started like picking roadkill up off the roads he throws it in the back of his truck and takes it out onto his property to see what would happen to it if there was this actual beast and then he would find the animals with like cuts on their abdomen and only the organs removed and like things like that which again i i think people don't understand how common that is like before that i mean it's if you're like the organs were removed with a scalpel, then right. yeah, that's a little weird. I think he, t- like, he was trying to say it sounded like that. He was like, it was a cut from its from its neck to its gullet, or you know whatever. And I was like, yeah, like that's what they do though. They like cut and then they get what they want. Yeah, like, they got these things called claws, claws, and, yeah. and teeth, sharp beaks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so he was like, oh my god, this is something. So he he was like someone's fucking with me and i'm gonna put up some trail cameras and try to find out what it is and he like with his weird roadkill corpse bait like throwing shit out in in the fields instead he started capturing images of strange lights and objects in the sky you know what that means aliens he also found animal corpses in strange states like things that just looked wrong to him uh, they didn't show anything, so it's hard to say, again, if this guy just doesn't know how scavenging works. But at one point, he set out a small deer he got off the road and that there was like this cloak of mist that surrounded it. And then when it cleared, the deer was gone. Ooh. It's it's a weird... He ha- he shows the pictures on the documentary and it's a little weird. But it's like, I can't tell if it looks doctored because it just looks like a transparent gray blob. But it's 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 a little weird. Um, you know what else is great? What? Aliens. Aliens are little gray men. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he has tracks. Like he casted tracks of large canine tracks. Uh, but no one has any definitive evidence. Like he said, he tried to take these castings to different schools and they were like, this is a hoax. <laughs> and I was, he's like, oh, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. I don't believe it. But yeah, that's that's uh, a couple of the more recent ones. There was uh, in February 2018 and july 2020 there were allegedly reports of seeing a large hair-covered creature walking upright in spring prairie and in leon's which are uh in walworth county like elkhorn 
And actually, I saw a post on Reddit from two years ago. A user named Squish388 said that they may have had a run-in with this beast. They said, quote, my dad owns a large large chunk of land in Elkhorn, just a few miles from Bray Road. I left after dark and took my usual back roads home. I take a few... I take a few roads with no center lines or lights and only a few houses on it. As I was driving on one, which I later learned was three miles from Bray Road, my driver's side sensor picked up a car next to me in the oncoming lane for about 10 seconds. I thought this was weird because I have a 2021 car that picks up size like human car or bike and will show on my dashboard. So I thought it was very weird. I kept slowing down to see <clears throat> to see what it was, but I basically... But it was basically blackout. I couldn't see in my mirror. I found it weird because it wasn't just a moment or glitch. It was following right next to me. It wasn't until this morning my roommate and brother told me about the Beast of Bray Road. And now I'm like, shocked emoji. <laughs> or it could have been the first time that's ever happened to my car on accident. <laughs> Which is like, I appreciate you taking me on this wild journey and then saying, or it could have just been a fluke. That sounds like some me shit. But without a doubt, the beast has become a part of Wisconsin folklore. And there was even a really bad horror movie released based on the Beast of Bray Road in 20, I think it was 2005. It has a 27% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Maybe we can do a watch party sometime. So that brings us to theories. We've talked about the aliens. Clearly, that's the answer. <laughs> most most times people think it's just a misidentified animal with werewolf-like characteristics caused by causing a mistaken observation or panic exaggeration situation like a large wolf or dog suggestions ranging from gray wolves to a large dog like maybe something like a great pyrenees yeah um pretty self-explanatory though doris gibson she disagrees she was like that was no dog that was too big to be a dog that thing was bigger than me so take that how you will some pretty big dogs in the world there's another popular theory that it was a bear with mange always a popular theory any any animal with mange is always popular. A, a bear with mange does look pretty werewolfy i don't yeah, know if you've seen no, pictures they do yeah. they look super super uh, uh spooky yeah and sad yeah and real sad uh the other theories uh include a costumed prankster again pretty self-explanatory but i don't see anybody giving any actual reason for having this train of thought other than they feel like it's more logical mm-hmm. um a big one is that this is not a werewolf or canid at all. It's obviously Bigfoot. Oh, yeah. I love this line from the Cryptid Wiki. Quote, it was labeled a werewolf in local folklore. However, most cryptozoologists have labeled it as a Bigfoot in order to avoid dealing with the scientific absurdities involved with werewolves. <laughs> like, there's not scientific absurdities with a Bigfoot. <laughs> <sighs> because werewolves are absurd. But Bigfoots are out there. The big feet. <laughs> There are a lot of comparisons to the Wisconsin Bigfoot, who is called the Bluff Monster or the Eddie, as well as the as uh, Bigfoot's cousin, the Skunk Ape. I think this is Sasquatch. This is Bigfoot. This, this is, is Eddie. Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I mean, there are plenty of canid cryptids. Uh, but there's also a lot of legends. Um, there's the Shunka. What? Sorry, Shunka Warikin. Um, which is, according to native-languages.org, a nocturnal monster from the IOA folklore, and its name means carries off dogs because it was said to prey on family dogs at night. Um, It's described as resembling a large wolf with human-like cries and has been associated by some people with a hyena-like creature from local Montana folklore called the Ringdokus or the hyena, or the Rocky Mountain hyena. Uh, There was another one I read about called the Wahila from Canada's Nahani Valley, which are described as giant white wolves. And sources were a little sparse on this as well, but a lot of what I saw suggested that this was a legend from the western part of Canada and into Alaska. And I saw one post from a man who is part of the uh, Haida tribe discussing this legend and his experience with it. So hopefully if anybody has any interest in looking into that legend more, that helps you. I just didn't have the time to go exploring, deep diving into Haida legend to find out more about it. Yeah. Um, and other people think it could be a certain Algonquin spirit that should not be named. So speak the devil, he may appear. We're not doing that today. <laughs> but since 
those were some of the theories of what is actually happening. Again, Linda didn't feel Linda was like, this is probably a lot of different things that people just heard a story and are now like getting freaked out by something. Yeah. Uh, But since she did have such a profound effect on this story and why it is what we know it is today is when to let everybody know that Linda passed away November 27th of last year, 2022. Um, but that this book was the launch of her career into being an investigative researcher. She wrote over 20 books on true crime, cryptozoology, and a few novels as well. Wow. She was a world-renowned cryptozoologist. She appeared on numerous TV and radio programs and was a popular speaker at conferences and events across the country, according to her obituary. She was described as a talented artist, writer, and speaker, loving wife, mother, grandmother, and one badass bitch. That's sick. I added I added that last part myself. Oh, okay. Still sick. <laughs> I'm sure people said that about her. But that's the story of the Beast of Bray Road and Linda Godfrey, who kind of made it happen. Linda I Godfrey hope. was behind the whole thing. She was. She made it up. <laughs> She's that like that guy who who was dying and was like, I made the Sasquatch feet. <laughs> this is no, how I did it. Yep. I just think it's really nice that she like she recognize you can see in the in the documentary what she's talking about she recognizes how silly it all sounds but she's like i don't feel comfortable making fun of this because so many people had like we're so terrifying yeah Yeah. we're like terrified but with it by what they saw so yeah regardless of if it is real or not or if it's a misidentification or not it was still scary enough that these people are made Mm -hmm. were made to feel unsafe and i don't want to continue making them feel unsafe yeah, it was real to them, and so I will treat it as such. I was like, respect, bitch. Yeah. We love it. I mean, but again, it's like one of those things where it's like how many... It's like whenever people start trying to talk about, like, these big, crazy, like, conspiracy theories or things like that, when it's just like, do you know how many people you have to all get to agree mm-hmm. to do this? And you think that no one for years has ever let the cat out of the bag about it. Right. Or like provided evidence or something. Like that's what that's what holds me back on so many like tinfoil hat moments of things mm-hmm. when it's just like, yeah, if it's like ten people or something, sure. But when you're talking about something that has affected hundreds or even tens of people, it's like how how is there not like a follow-up of like and then we were talking to you know ted in the bar and ted was just like yeah i made it all the fuck up because i wanted to interview with her yep or something like as far as we know there's not been any of that not been any of it reported so like you know you can't just assume that everyone that there's a certain point where you have to start looking at things with more credence yep because, like, how many people can be seeing or experiencing this thing before we stop just assuming that they're all crazy? Like, <laughs> Yeah. I don't know, man. It's it's wild. I would be interested to know, uh, like, if, like, I, like she said, if, if it is an all the same thing situation or if she is right that they're all just seeing something different but so scared about what's on the road that they get, like, in their heads and... Yeah, that's what I'm thinking it probably is. Yeah. Is like some people saw a bear and some people saw a wolf and some people saw someone who was just trying to scare them, you know, like someone saw like the guy who saw something approaching him like a cat. It could have been a mountain lion. It could have been a lynx. It could have been, you know, various other actual felines. Um, yep. The, the thing that's interesting to me about that one is that it would back down yeah. like as he approached. Because most predators won't. Like, especially a predator that's as big as you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Mad freaky. That's all I can say. <sighs> yeah, it is certainly spooky. Happy happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for joining us today uh, for our discussion on the Beast of Bray Road. And now we want to hear from you. Send your stories, your questions, and your feedback to strangeunusualpodcasts at gmail.com. If you're sending a listener story, we just ask that you put listener story in the subject line so you can sort through those a little more easily. Do you have a story about the Beast of Bray Road? Please. Do you have pictures? Let us know. We would love to know. Are you a biblical scholar and can you explain the Gadara thing to us better than what I did? (laughs) Or any, like, any evidence of any cryptid. I would love if you've ever seen, experienced, even been, like, to the place that they're supposed to be. Send, Send us your pictures of you standing next to the Mothman. Hell like, yeah. 
I love that. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram and threads at strange underscore unusual underscore podcast or our personal accounts, Royal Rampage and Calamity Casey. You can find us on X at underscore strange unusual at Calamity Casey and at Royal Rampage. We are on Facebook. Just search for the strange unusual podcast. And remember, Roya is streaming pretty regularly. You can find her on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Royal Rampage. If you'd like, you can join us on patreon.com slash strange unusual, where we do have monthly polls. We should have one coming up here in a week or so, which, by the way, everybody, next week we will not be here. We have some stuff going on. We're trying to enjoy our own Halloweens. Um, but if you head on over to patreon.com slash strange unusual, we will have our, uh, as always, $2 tier of sassy squatches open and available to you. You'll get access to our Discord. You'll be able to vote in November's poll coming up. Um, and... Uh, yeah, other than that, you got some bonus episodes that are on there, some older ones. We did James, James and Elena most recently. Uh, you can hear Roya freak out about Wonder Woman and how she hated it. Uh, I didn't hate it. If, <laughs> I mean, it didn't sound like you liked it. I hated aspects of it. <laughs> if you can't support us financially, we totally understand. Just ask that you um, rate, review, subscribe, share us with your friends, share us with your enemies, share us with your wolfman down the street. Um, and appreciate that very much. It really helps us out. If you do a uh, review and leave a five-star review, it doesn't matter what it says. Um, we'll mo- most likely read it out loud unless you just make a bunch of shit that's like slurs or something like that. Yeah. Otherwise, that's that's that for us. Yeah. Well, enjoy your Halloween. Yeah, you too. I will. I don't know what we're going to do, but maybe we'll get some candy. We're a, fu- a full-size candy bar house here. That could be fun. I don't know. We didn't do anything. I mean, it was like covid times still, so we didn't do anything. Oh, there's a cat in my backyard. Oh. Um, Happy Halloween. <laughs> but, um, yeah, maybe we'll we'll trick-or-treat some people, some kiddos, if they show up. We'll just make sure that they're candy we like, in case we don't have any. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, everything out here is just like tr- trunk or treats, and I mean, like yeah. I get it, I get it from a parent perspective. It makes it easier and blah blah blah. But like from a kid perspective, it's so much fun. It was. We had the best childhoods. Everybody else after us got the got the shit under the stick. You're not wrong, especially on Halloween. Yep. We had better well, costumes. We got fucking away with dumb shit. We got away with so much dumb shit. <laughs> And we're just like, oh, it's Halloween. Now it's how like, it is. Now you go to trunk or treat, and it's boring as hell. Yeah, you go to trunk or treat in a church they, parking lot. Yeah, and like, they give you one of those little pamphlets about accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior instead yep. of a Reese's cup, and you have to just be like, oh, oh thanks. I'd be so mad. If happy I didn't get Halloween. My cup. Well, yeah. anybody, happy Halloween, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.